one, two. Praise God. Amen. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning again. Hallelujah. So praise God. <laughs> Good to see everybody this morning. Amen. Welcome to Palm Sunday. Uh, again, we're so glad you're with us today. Uh, one week before we celebrate the greatest event that ever happened in the world, and that's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I'm so glad to be here today to share some things with you uh, concerning Palm Sunday. So we're just going to get right into the Word this morning. Thanks for the ladies for singing this morning. And uh, we appreciate your effort and doing what God has blessed us. Church, let's give them a real good hand this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing that for us today. Amen. Uh, Father, we just thank you today for the opportunity to share your Word. Lord, I ask you to pull out what's in me this morning to share with those that are here this morning. We know that the word above all else is what we need to hear today. And Father, even though we may say something today that is not new, but it will all be true. So we just thank you, Father, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I'm nothing without your anointing, Father, but I do know that with your anointing I can do all things through Christ, who does bring me the strength. So I thank you, Father, for ears who come to hear today what you have to say about your glorious Son, Jesus Christ. So we thank you, Father, there's no one ever too far away from the cross. So if there be one here today that may be not as close as they need to be, what a grand place to be this morning is in God's house celebrating all that Jesus stands for. So, Father, with all the giftings that are in me, I ask you to touch this servant. Let my mouth be as the pen of a ready writer. May I speak things that need to be said today and withhold anything that would even hinder someone to begin to be more than they need to be. So, Father, I thank you for that in Jesus' name. And all the believers said... Amen and amen. Glory to God. Triumphal entry. This is what we're going to be talking about this morning. That's our subject as well as as, uh, Palm Sunday. But the triumphal entry is actually recorded in all four Gospels of the New Testament. It's recorded in Matthew 21, verse 1 through 11. It's recorded in Mark 11, verse 1 through 10. It's recorded in Luke 19, Verse 28 through 38, it's located in John 12 and verse 15, and it's also located in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 in the Old Testament. But we're going to look first here in Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse 28. So if you'll get your Bibles or your device or whatever it is you're reading or following after, Uh, I'm glad to know that what you read can be put in you, amen, for a purpose. So we read these to you this morning for a purpose, amen. And when he had thus spoken, he went before ascending up to Jerusalem, talking about Jesus. And it came to pass when he, Jesus, was come nigh to Bethpage and Bethany at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying, Go ye into the village over against you, in the which at your entering you shall find a colt tied wherein yet never man sat. Loose him and bring him hither. And if any man ask you why ye loose him, thus shall ye say unto him, because the Lord hath need of him. Say that with me. The Lord hath need of him. How many of you know at opportune times in life, even God uses animals to help him deliver the gospel? Because in essence, that's what that colt was doing that day. He was carrying the gospel. Can you say amen? Amen. (laughs) Verse 32, And they that were sent went their way and found even as he had said unto them, And as they were loosing the colt, the owners thereof said unto them, Why loose ye the colt? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. 
Say that with me this morning. The Lord hath need of him. And not only does he have need of that colt, he also needs you and I this morning. Can you say amen? And they brought him to Jesus, the colt, and they cast their garments upon the colt, and they set Jesus thereon. And as they went, they spread their clothes in the way, and when he was come nigh even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that he had seen. Now I want to read this for another purpose. And when he was come nigh even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, Olives, the whole multitude, everybody say the whole multitude of the disciples began to do what? They began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the works that they had seen. They're talking about Jesus, all the things that they had seen him do. Verse 38, saying, blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now the thought at the moment that all these people had, when Jesus began to arrive into the city, here they've been looking for a king. They had been under Roman oppression. They'd been overly taxed. They'd been overly pressured about who the real God is. And at this time, there were many gods flowing throughout the cities everywhere. But here comes Jesus, the king, (laughs) coming into town on the colt of a donkey. Now, ordinarily, when a king would make his entrance, it wouldn't be on the back of a colt. Come on now. But if we were to see the entrance of a king in their minds, they were looking for a natural king to come in and to set up a kingdom and to help them from being so mistreated. They had missed the whole point. But yet, even when Jesus was riding in on this colt, they began to cheer him. They began to lay down palm branches. They began to lay down their cloaks that the colt that Jesus was riding on would make his way into the city. Can you say amen? (laughs) Laying down the very clothes that they wore. Amen. Waving palm branches and they're gloriously happy about this man called Jesus coming into town. But did you know literally those same people, those same people, who were raising their hands and shouting, Glory be to God. Glory. There is finally a king coming. We're so glad that he's coming. Those same people. Everybody say those same people. Those same people became the same people who voiced their opinion and cried out, Crucify him. Crucify him. But... Moments earlier, they were welcoming welcoming him as a king. Come on now. Folks, we really need to know who the real king is. And his name is Jesus. The real mission that Jesus accomplished that day was to bring salvation to the world. Was to bring salvation to the world. Now over, go over here to Zechariah in the Old Testament. It's right after Haggai. Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9. Zechariah, the, 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 the man of God here, even mentioned the purpose and the reason that he were to come that particular hour. Verse 9 says, Rejoice greatly. O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, 
The king cometh unto thee, he is just, and having salvation, and having salvation, lowly, and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. Here he comes in, this king of kings, lowly as it may be, riding on the colt of a donkey. What an entrance. To some, maybe yes. To others, no. But God in all his wisdom had no thought in his mind of Jesus making a grand entrance. Many people today, before they come in anywhere, they have special music playing. They have trumpets and they have all kinds of cymbals banging that they could do what? Make a grand entrance. But not Jesus. Jesus was so confident in himself. He knew exactly who he was. And he knew exactly why he came. His whole being. Everything that made up what he is today. Was all about salvation. The world up until this time. Was dying. And going to hell. They had no Savior. They had mention of a Savior. It had been prophesied hundreds and hundreds of years ago that a Savior was coming. But when he did come, they didn't believe it and they didn't receive it. Moments later, after they were rejoicing at his coming, moments later, that same crowd who was rejoicing began to say crucify him crucify him do away with him this is not who we were looking for if you would let's go to the gospel of John chapter 3 I want to talk about the real mission of Palm Sunday the real mission of Palm Sunday was to bring salvation to the world, was to bring a message that we'd never heard before, was to bring life that I didn't know I could have, was to bring good news to a nation that had no good news, was to bring some life to a generation that had no life but could get life. Can you say amen? Amen. John chapter 3 Verse 16. Many of us could quote this verse before we could ever see it in print. We've heard it so much, but you know what? It's still true. It doesn't matter how many times you quote it. It doesn't matter how many times you preach it. It's just as true today as if you ever heard it for the first time. For God, everybody say, for God, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's why Jesus came. That's why he came. It really didn't matter how he came, but he came. This man called Jesus Christ came because his father so loved us. Amen. And I'm sure Jesus loves us. But I like what it says. For God so loved the world. God loved us so much. And he loved his son so much. He didn't love his son any less because he sent, because he sent him down here. But he loved him all the more. I mean, for you, I'm 73 years old. I've, I've heard this preached as long as I could remember sitting in a pew beside my mom and dad, hearing my dad preach as a young boy, hearing this scripture, and I'm thinking, not again. <laughs> dad is reading that scripture again. I've heard it all my life. But get this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but what have ever 
lasting life. That is true today as it was 40, 50, 60, a thousand years ago. Jesus Christ came to save the lost man and the lost woman. Woo! I believe that. Well, when are you going to preach another scripture? When everybody in the world believes that one. (laughs) I tell you, that's in me like water. That's in me like blood cells. That's in me like bone marrow. It's in me. It's in me. I said it's in me. Amen. I can't get up any morning and not thank God. Why? Because he loved me. Because he loved me. And I know that word has been cheapened over the years. But let me tell you, folks, there's a real love out there. And it's called God's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Oh, isn't that wonderful? The life that he gave you is going to last how long? Forever. Everlasting life. For whosoever. That's me. He brought in all the colors of the world. He brought in all the cultures of the world. He brought in all the attitudes of the world. He brought in all the masses of the world. With one scripture. (laughs) I said with one scripture. Now when John 3.16 becomes to be real in your life. I think then as believers. We can begin to grow. But let's look at some other things here. Look at Matthew chapter 1. What are we talking about? The real reason that Jesus came. Matthew chapter 1. <laughs> I love this. Verse 21. It says, And she, Mary, shall bring forth a son. Did Mary do that? Did Mary have a son? Was his name Jesus? How many of you believe this word is true? I'm glad to know the day that I can proclaim to you without a shadow of doubt in my mind that by the power of the Holy Ghost, Jesus was born and created in the womb of this woman called Mary. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. How did it happen? God did it. I said, God did it. Yeah, but she was never with a man. Well, quit trying to figure out what happened. God did it. Just like John 3.16. God did that. God can do things that you can try to figure out, but you'll never get an answer to it. I'm glad to know that Mary, this young woman, was picked by God himself to bring birth to a living Savior. And she shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name. Thou shalt call his name. Thou shalt call his name. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall what? Save his people from their sins. Glory to God. Jesus had one thing in mind when he came here. Even though he accomplished many other things. He had sin on his mind. And forgiveness in his heart. Not that he was to sin. But he came to do what? Came to do what? He came to do what? Save. Rescue. Help. His people. From their sins. Or their mistakes. Another translation says simply. Missing the mark. Anybody ever miss the mark? Here in this congregation. Amen. We're all. We've all been there. Your pastor has missed the mark. He's missed the mark many times. But because I knew who my Savior was. I knew who to go to and ask him to forgive me of my sin that he had forgiven me of. Thank God. You are not looking at a sinner today. You're looking at a believer. Come on now. I quit being and quit 
living the life of a sinner when I accepted Jesus as my personal Savior. Can you say amen? Well, let's look at another one here. Go over to the book of Acts. Amen. You know the good thing about Acts? uh, It's still going on. Uh, Acts chapter 4. Look here. In Acts chapter 4. Hallelujah. Uh, You know, I'm sure everyone has their favorite Bible verse. Everybody has their favorite Bible verse. When I was little and when I was in Sunday school, it was always Jesus wept. It was the shortest one, and uh, I could grab that real quick when I was little. I got a verse. Who's got a verse today? I've got one. What is it? Jesus wept. I could get it real quick. <laughs> and uh, and uh, anybody ever raised up in the Sunday school where you had Bible races? They'd give you a scripture, and they could see who got to the Bible verse first. And what that did, really... It made you comfortable with the books of the Bible and being able to find them when the preacher was saying, please turn to. Amen. Well, that's what that was all for. I learned the books of the Bible that way. You know, but it was good to know. I mean, I was good at that verse. Jesus wept. I was good at it. But I have another favorite verse that I have found to be mine. And I have claimed it to be mine personally, as well as some of you, I'm sure, have yours. And it's right here in Acts 4, 12. It's helped me all of my life. I refer back to it many times. Because even when the adversary came and put a thought of doubt in Adam and Eve, there have been times in my life where the adversary has tried to put a seed of doubt in who my Savior was. But I know better. You know why I know better, Brother Joe? I know the Word. I know what the Word says. Amen. I said I know what the Word says, but look at this. Neither is there salvation. In other words, what he's saying here, there there is no other way that you can get to this man called Jesus. There's no other way. There's no other door. Forget about religion and what's over the door. We're talking about getting to Him. We're talking about getting to Jesus. Now, everybody ought to be a part of a local church somewhere. But it's not what's over the door, the name of the church or the name of the organization that's going to get you where you need to go. Because there's no other way for you to get salvation. Amen. There's no other way than than let's read here. Neither is there salvation in any other. Come on, folks. Amen. There's one way. You don't need to. It don't matter what other people say when they say, is, is there just one way to heaven? Your answer ought to be yes. You mean you're telling me that Jesus is the only way to heaven? Come on, somebody help me this morning. We're all going to answer yes. You mean Jesus is the one that we have to go to? Yes. Is it Jesus that saves my sin? Yes. Is it Jesus that saves my soul? Yes. Is it Jesus that makes me who I need to be? Yes. What is he saying? There is no other name given under heaven or in earth. People looking everywhere for a way to get in. Folks, there's one way in. One way. Somebody shout one way. One way. 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 Thank you, brother. And when you get in that way, you're in the right way. Glory to God. That ought to make every one of us excited in here this morning. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other, what? Name under heaven given among men whereby we must must, whereby we must 
be saved. If you're going to be saved, it must be under the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Can you say amen? How did you get saved? It was by him. Who did you go to to get saved? It was Jesus. Who do you go to today when you're in trouble? Who is it that shows up on the scene when you don't know what to do? Who is it that comes into your life when you don't know what to do? It's this man called from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Don't it? But our, our beliefs, well, you're fully on your beliefs. What does the word say? Woo! That's the good. I'm going to read it again. Neither. <laughs> Neither. You're not going to find it anywhere else, Joe. It don't matter where you look, you're not going to find it. Neither is there salvation. Evelyn, it's nowhere else. Listen to me, sister. You can't find it. Look at me. You're not going to find it anywhere else. Do you believe me? Please believe me. All right. Neither. Neither is there salvation in any other. This is a settled issue with me. Neither is there, there's none in any other name under heaven given among men, whereby what? We must be saved. That's why Jesus rode into the city that day. Amen. (laughs) Well, let's look at it now. Let's just stay here and act. I'll tell you, acts will tear you all to pieces. Look here at Acts chapter 5. And verse 31. (laughs) It just keeps getting gooder. It does. (laughs) Verse 31 says, in him. Everybody say in him. Now who are they talking about? They're talking about Jesus. In him hath who? God exalted with his right hand to be what? A prince, here it is again, and a savior for to give what? Repentance to Israel and what? Forgiveness of sins. We all know that Israel is God's favorite child in a sense. We could say that they always will be. But God is even giving Israel an opportunity to come in. He is. He said it right here. Who did he talk about in verse 31? He says, for to give repentance to who? Israel. Not only Israel, but you and I. To you and I. To do what? Forgiveness of sins. Pastor, you're talking about sin's a big deal. Well, it is. I said it is. And those of you that's been born again, when you do sin or miss the mark, you know exactly what you've done. You know exactly when you make a mistake. You know exactly when you miss the mark. You know exactly when you mistreat somebody. You know exactly when you fail to forgive somebody. There's an alarm that goes off on the inside and the Holy Ghost begins to speak at you. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't talk that way. I'm telling you, you may need to come to me and have a personal talk session. How do you know it pays off when you talk with him? I said, when you talk with him. I said, when you talk with him. Glory to God. Look over at Acts chapter 10 and verse 43. Acts chapter 10, verse 43. It says, to him, who are we talking about? Jesus, to him, give all the prophets witness. That what? Through... His name. Now, is there any other name that we've been talking about here that can save you? Is there any other name that you can go to that you're going to be able to get into the kingdom? No. Is there any other way you're going to get to Jesus without repenting of your sins? Now, I know sin or hell is not a popular word today, but did you know if you don't quit sinning, you're going to hell? Hell. 
Yeah. What is, Pastor, what is hell? Hell is a place of everlasting punishment. And you don't even want to think about going there. Come on. If I were you, I'd get in quick. I said I'd get in quick. Because the door is gently closing. <laughs> and I know you don't have to raise your hands to this, but how many of you in here have people in your family that needs to get in before it's too late? Time is running out. I said time is running out. And I know I have found out as Barbara and I have gotten older, if I allow myself, I can get lazy. <laughs> if I'm not careful. That's why the Bible teaches us that we are to renew our minds daily with the Word of God. Sometimes if we're not careful, the longer we've been serving Him, sometimes, me, I won't talk about you, because if you do, you'll get mad. I, I can't get mad at myself. So sometimes as I get older, if I'm not careful, I forget about those who aren't in yet. And that's not right. Because they have a right, just as much as I did when I came in. They have a right to have just as much excitement and zeal as I did when I came in. So we owe them the same zeal and the same excitement, 72, 76, that it wasn't long that when I was in this church, and uh, I mean, I was already a happy guy before I got saved. I mean, I was, I just loved life, you know, loved Barb, and we were just enjoyed each other and life and the kids. And uh, when I got saved, it wasn't too long, uh, right after that, man, we, we, we try to find a church to go to. I wasn't looking about what they believed. or what. Hey, y'all having church? Oh, where at? What time? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, that's the kind of... No, I can't go to that church. No, we went. We went. <laughs> you know, how I many you know you can go to a church if you don't like it, you don't have to go back. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. But it wasn't too long after that, he came up to me and put his... Put his uh, he kind of put his hand on my shoulder and he said, Brother Arnold... Don't worry about it. He said, that joy will wear off. (laughs) A believer. A believer. Oh, no, I'm not. I mean, I can see him right now. I can see him. Brother Arnold, how happy you are and glad you got saved. Just just wait a while. It'll wear off. And he kind of stunned me because I didn't know what to say. But you know what? It's been since 1976, and it's not wore off. It's not war. I said it's not war off. And those of you that may be listening to live stream, it don't have to wear off to you either. It can be just as real today as it was the day you got saved. How many of you remember the day you got saved? And God lifted it up. God brought in joy. Bringing it. He just keeps bringing it. And he just keeps bringing it. The problem you and I have is opening the door and let him come in. Glory to God. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever, I love that, whosoever, it's not limiting anybody, whosoever, 1338 in the book of Acts. 1338 in the book of Acts. (laughs) Hallelujah. Can you stand some more of this word? Come on now, verse 38. Verse 38, be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren and sisters, that through this man, who's he talking about? Jesus. Through this man. Did he mention anybody else? He's talking about Jesus. Cross-reference that. Get in there and reference that scripture. And see if that don't take you right back to that man called Jesus who died on the cross of Calvary. What's his name? Who is it that saved you? Who is it that's going to keep you? Who is it that's going to hold on to you? Jesus. Jesus. 
Woo! Glory to God. Verse 38, 13, 38 in Acts. Be it known unto you. God wants you to know. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren. In other words, I can say this. Be it unto you, therefore, my brothers and sisters, here at Hope Through Grace Fellowship. Amen. We can say it that way. That through this man, who? Jesus, is preached unto you, what? The forgiveness of sin. Did you know what? Your pastor, I'm talking about me, can never miss it. Never miss it. If I preach about the remission of sin going through Jesus Christ. Never. I'll never miss it. Because Jesus is the Savior. He's the Savior. He's the one. Not me. God spoke to me the other day. He was giving me a little rebuke lesson. Anybody ever get a little rebuke lesson from the Lord? He said, those are not your sheep. And when we try to make something ours that isn't ours, things begin to happen that are wrong. He said, they're my sheep. I'll deal with them. And I'm a sheep. He said, if you'll just be a sheep, I'll take care of you. Amen. Come on now. I said, come on now. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man Jesus, it didn't say Jesus, but that's what he's talking about. Through this man Jesus is preached unto you, what? The forgiveness of sins. Did you know Jesus is the only one who can forgive sin? Now, I can teach to you and preach to you about what Jesus said about sin, but you're the one who's going to have to believe what he says about that sin. Not me. I can't make you quit sinning. I can't, I can't make you do nothing. I'm an under-shepherd. I'm a mouthpiece for Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm a mouthpiece. Hallelujah. And he told me a long time ago, he said, if you'll just preach the word, you don't ever have to worry about coming up with excuses. Because the word will stand for itself. <laughs> Amen. Well, let's look at another one here. Look over here at 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Amen. Look here in verse 5. And verse 6, 1 Timothy. Boy, I tell you, this word will get in you. And if you're like me, I've got stuff scratched out in my Bible here. If you've got a Bible you don't like to, to write in, throw it away and go get one you're not afraid to write in. Come on now. It's a book. It's full of life, but yet it's a book. Amen. You just need to mark it up all over. <laughs> verse 5 in 1 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 5 says, for there is what? One God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. I'm glad to know that in between me and God, there stands a mediator. Man. Man. Thank God I've got an advocate. Thank I've got someone who can plead my case. Folks, I might be able to ask God on your behalf, but you need Jesus to plead your case. I said you need Jesus to plead your case. I can stand with you. I can pray with you in prayer. I can agree with you in prayer. But when it all comes down to it, it's your walk with Jesus that's going to get you what you need. Come on now. I can't make you do anything. I can't make you read. I can't make you study. I can't make you pray. Uh, I can't make you show up here in church when we have church. It's your choice. Again, the Lord quickened me when he was having a stern talk with me. Those are not your sheep. They're mine. 
verse 6 says, who gave himself. Who are we talking about? Jesus. A ransom. In other words, you know what a ransom is? It's when somebody's been kidnapped and they're asking ransom. Well, in a sense, we could say that we were kidnapped by the devil over 2,000 years ago. But Jesus paid the ransom. Come on now. I've always wondered what people did that were kidnapped and they were demanding a ransom. And the people who represented the one who had been kidnapped didn't have any money to pay the ransom. Well, I guess they either just turned them loose. Amen. One individual, I believe I could say, I had a large ransom on my head. (laughs) I said, I believe I had a large ransom on my head. But guess what? He paid it. He paid it. He paid. Amen. He paid that ransom for something. He paid for every deed that was unjust up until that time in my life. He paid the price. Jesus. Who gave himself a ransom for all. Not just me. But for everybody. Amen. I said everyone. To be testified in due time. Hallelujah. Time is coming. Can you say amen? Amen. Now go back here to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. Ephesians 1 uh, verse 7. Let me get there. Hallelujah. In whom we, now we're talking about us. Amen. In whom we have what? Redemption. Redemption means to have something or someone who has been redeemed. See, Jesus redeemed us when he paid our ransom. Come on down. You're looking at a (laughs) redeemer. But I'm bought and paid for. She's still buying. (laughs) Come on now, ladies. Just go ahead and say amen. You're the same way. Glory to God. Amen. Verse 7. In whom we. Man, isn't that wonderful? I'm glad he included me. I'm glad he included you guys. I'm glad he included all of us. You know the good thing about God? He didn't care about your past when you came to him. And least of all, he don't care about your past now. Redemption. How? Through his what? Blood. I believe that when he died on Calvary, he shed his blood for you and I. I said for you and I, every drop, the passion, uh, there's one scene in there where, where Jesus is being beaten. And it's even the producers of that movie, in comparison to what it looked like on film, was nothing compared to what really happened. The historian Josephus who has a writings, and it's called the Books and Writings of Josephus. And he was a Jewish historian who was alive at the time of Jesus' life, as well as many other things. And he wrote in his writings, and he said, if you were to know Jesus before the crucifixion and was to look at him after, you couldn't even recognize him. That's how bad the crucifixion was. It was bad enough that, amen, we might not recognize him, but the Father did. That's my son. That's my son. The one that I sent to you to save you. He took that for you. It would pay you to go back and watch that movie before next Sunday. Just to, just to give you an idea of just a little bit of what he went through. Can you say amen? In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Grace! 
Grace. Your pastor needs it. Grace. Look here at Titus. Hallelujah. Uh, Oh, he's already up there. (laughs) Titus chapter 2 and verse 14. (laughs) Titus 2, 14. Who what? Gave him. He gave himself. Did you ever read in the Bible where Jesus was ever forced to come even to earth? Was he ever forced to go anywhere? Was he ever forced to go to the cross? Was he ever forced to take all the pain and all the agony? Was he ever forced to look to his father and say, Father, into your hands I commit my Spirit. Not one time. Not one time was he ever forced to take my sin. But he did. But he did. And he will always do that. Who gave himself for us. That what? He might redeem us from what? All iniquity. All your wrongdoing. Just go ahead and admit it. You were wrong. You were wrong in some of those things. But he forgave you. I said he forgave you of all your wrong. All of your iniquity. And purify unto himself. He did that for a reason. He came for you and you alone. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us, you and I, from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people. Yes, you are peculiar. Yes, we are all peculiar. Wouldn't it be awful if we all had the same personality? Oh, no. I'm glad we can walk into a room anywhere or walk into our church on Wednesdays and Sundays and just see all those peculiar people. You make up the body of Christ. You make up the, you're the stir stick in your marriage. Amen. (laughs) Why? Because you're peculiar. You spice up life. You You spice up your local church. Why? Because you're peculiar. Nobody can still figure you out. You're peculiar. Now look, don't you argue with me. Don't you get mad at your pastor. Who just said that? He did. He said you're what? Peculiar. So just get over yourself. Amen. You, you may sing louder. You may run louder. Or you may run faster. Or you may, whatever it is you do, you may squirm in your seat. Whatever it may be, you're peculiar. You know, come on, you're peculiar. But you know what? Jesus loves you. He loves your raw sense of uh, difference. Yeah, he, you, you, he, he loves your Raw, different of uh, appeal to other people. That's right. That's right. Amen. I mean, it'd be a dull church if we all come in here with the same personality. Yes. Amen. Yes. It would be pretty dull. It'd either be pretty dull or we'd kill each other. <laughs> Not actually kill, but we. Uh, but did you know this? With all these personalities, we make each other better. Because yes, you see, you need me. But on the other hand, I need you. I need your personality. And you pray with me and for me that we'll learn each other's things about each other. Even though I'm peculiar. (laughs) Say this with me. I'm going to love the pastor even though he's peculiar. That's good enough for me. (laughs) <laughs> I, I can receive that 
I, I am. I, I'm all of those things. What is it? Is it an adverb when you describe something? Is that what an adverb does? Okay. So I'm an active adverb. Okay, I'm an adjective then. Any word you can come up with that describes me, I'm that adjective. And more. <laughs> Who gave himself to us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people. I love this next word though. Even though we may be peculiar, we're zealous. Gosh, you're going to bring it your way. Amen. Some people may walk down the aisle to give the offering. Other people may dance down the aisle. Why? Well, they're peculiar. That's why. You may see, you may see your preacher stand on the pew and preach. You know why? He's peculiar. Or run around here. He's peculiar. I may run out the front door here someday and, and run around the church and come back in. You don't know about me. We've only been together since December, January, February, March. You've only known me four months. Didn't take too much. No. <laughs> I'm peculiar. But I'm zealous. In all that I do. For him. I said for him. Now look over here in Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. Uh, hallelujah. Let me get over here. Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. And uh, gotcha. Galatians chapter 1. Look here in verse 4. Who gave himself, didn't ask you to do it, did he? You know why? You couldn't. You didn't have enough goodness in you to save anybody. And I still to this day, even though after all these years I've been serving God, I don't have a good, enough goodness in me to save anybody or to heal anybody or to deliver anyone. It's all because of this man, Jesus, who gave himself for our sins, that what? He, Jesus, might deliver us from this what? Present evil world. Now, I believe I could have a, a, a hand show on this. How many believe this world we're living in is pretty evil? Oh, yeah. This world age that we live in. They're living opposite of what born-again believers are living. The world says, give me what you got. But believers are saying, come to me and I'll give you what he has. Talking about Jesus. Big difference. Oh, there's an evil world out there. I said, there's an evil world out there. And it's not going to get any better. I said, it's not going to get any better. You, 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 you and I need to live in uh, an equal, uh, equal lifestyle. Amen. We live in the world, but we don't have to be a part of the world. Amen. The world may pay my salary, but it don't pay me to do what I need to do. Amen. God is my paymaster. Come on now. Come on now. Now he may not pay you every week. But I guarantee you that he always shows up. He'll always come. I said he'll always come. Who gave himself for our sins that he might what? Deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. It is God's will, not only that, but it is his son's will, what? That we be delivered. Live calm. Live right. Right in the middle of hell, you can live right. Right in the middle of chaos, you can live at peace. Right in the middle of all this war and degradation and sin that's going on, not only in our government, but in some of our churches, as well as some of all the other things that's going on, you can live a peaceful life in the middle of it all. If you'll live in Him. I said, if you'll live in Him. Amen. Uh, verse 5, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, one more over here in Galatians. I think I've just got one more over here in Galatians uh, uh, chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. 
Hallelujah. Uh, let's begin in verse 20. There we go. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It starts off and says, I'm crucified with Christ. Now, this is the Apostle Paul talking here. We're not talking about Jesus being crucified. So what Paul is saying here, he said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. Come on now. See, you can't live this by yourself. You, you know, you, you need, if you are, you need to quit trying to be the lone wolf. Because you ever heard this expression? The lone banana gets what? Peeled. Amen. There, are, there should not be any lone wolves in the body of Christ. For I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. You know, I, I'm going to live. But yet not I. The way that I live is not me. But Christ liveth in me. How much is he living? Let me just ask you. How much is Christ living in you? You, you can find that out going down one of these highways out here when somebody pulls over in front of you. I didn't know that I was so many people's number one fan. They let me know real quick I was their number one fan. Y'all know what that means, don't you? Yeah, I got, uh, well, no. <laughs> I didn't know I was that popular, really. <laughs> Must have something to do with my driving. Yet not I. Come on, it's not about us. It's not about you. You know, I'm going to make it. I know what I need to do. I don't need nobody's help. Well, you need to get rid of that attitude real quick. You can't make it without somebody else. And you husbands and wives, you can't make it without each other. It ought to be your highest compliment when you wake up in every day of your life to look at that spouse of yours or husband or wife and say, Honey, you're mine, and whatever you want is mine, and if I can get it, I'll get it to you. All Barb's ever wanted since we've turned 65 is room service. Anybody ever watched, anybody ever watched the movie Tombstone? Wider meets this pretty girl, and he asks this question. He says, what do you want in life? Boy, she just looked at him real serious, and she said, room service. Room service. In other words, she don't have to do nothing. Come on now. I've tried to get Barb to camp all my life. She ain't going out in the woods. Unless you can get a camper with an indoor bathroom, an indoor toilet, uh, air conditioning, and some things like that. Well, just forget it. We'll get a motel. (laughs) And most of them have really good room service. Amen. Well, why did I mention that? Well, we ought to take care of what belongs to us. Yes, amen. amen. And uh, and you ladies that are looking for someone, he's out there. But if he's if you're not looking, don't worry about it. That's right. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You know. Amen. God will take care of you. I said God will take care of you. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life, I mean, just look at the life you're living right now. (laughs) Amen. A a lot of us are at an age where we can kind of not have to do everything. We don't have to work a 40, 50, 60-hour job a week. Some of us are able to do some other things, while others are still working, making a living. But isn't God taking care of you either way? Aren't you blessed? Isn't it good to have a couple nickels in your pocket that you can just kind of jingle together? Or when you leave church, you can say, hey, honey, would you like me to take you out to dinner? I, I don't even ask Barb that. I don't, you know. But isn't that true? God wants, you to give, God wants you to live the good life. And that good life is in him. That's the life that he came to give you and I. Amen. But Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh... Amen. We all live in a flesh body. I live, listen to this, by the faith 
of the Son of God. I live because my faith is in this man called Jesus Christ. Last part of it. For he what? He loved me and gave himself for me. Nobody has ever done that for me. I came close one time. In, uh, in 1969, as a teenage boy on the battlefield in Southeast Asia in Vietnam, we were, we were ambushed one morning. And out of 21 guys in our group, 19 of us were shot up and some mutilated and a lot of them died. And as I was laying there on my back, I'd had both my eyes blinded. Uh, I had stitches all over my face, my groin, my legs. And I thought I was going to die. And I, I put my hand over, over my heart. And I said, I'm, I'm still alive. I was, my face was all messed up. And I, was, I said, I'm alive. My mother must be praying for me. And just as when I say that, a friend of mine who didn't get a scratch, he came and laid on top of me. And he said, they won't shoot you anymore. I've got you covered. What an experience. What an experience. Folks, I've been fortunate enough in my life to have been covered twice. To keep me from dying. To keep me from going to a place that I had no business going. All because of this man called Jesus. Amen. Let's stand. (laughs) Isn't it good? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. I'd shout if I wasn't so happy. Oh, I think I'll do it anyway. Woo! Glory to God. (laughs) Anybody else in here glad you got saved? Amen. It's a happy way. It's a happy life. Sure, we face troubles. Sure, we get hurt. Sometimes things happen to us so bad that nobody could have ripped out your heart and made you feel any worse. But you're here. I said, but you're here. I said, but you're here. And if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want to ask you to come. If you don't know for sure that Jesus is your Savior, ah, man, I like to hear that. I know. Amen. I can identify with that, brother. Amen. I know. When you know, you know, don't you? So thank God everybody in in the congregation is saved this morning. But you know what? We all have families. Father, right now, all the families that are represented by these people here today, that are outside looking in, that haven't accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, we're praying today, Father, some way, somehow, somebody's going to call them. Somebody's going to write them a letter. They're going to run into somebody. God's going to speak to them. And they're going to realize that they need to go home. That they need to come back home. And you may be the very person that they need to hear from. You may be the very phone call, the very text message, the very letter, whatever it may be, a a face call on Facebook, you know, what they do, the face thing, FaceTime. Amen. So whatever it may be, you you may be that person that can help them. So, Father, we're asking you right now, and we're thanking you. We're calling our families home. We're calling them in over top of all the sin because you see the heart and you look beyond the sin. So, Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. Our words are not just idle words, but we believe what we say. So I thank you. Things are changing. Things are changing in your home. Things are changing in your life. Things are changing where you work, and you're going to be the cause of it. You're going to be the cause of what God does to bring around those things that need to happen. You could be the spark that brings revival. 
You could be the spark that brings revival. We could be the people that brings revival to this area. So, Father, I thank you. Speak to every one of us. Every one of us. From the head down to whoever. Father, I thank you. You know our lives. You know all about us. I can't hide a thing from you. You know what's in my heart. And I'm going to give you praise. I'm going to give you glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.